welcome to It's All Light. I'm your host, Natalie Ba, and today I am so, so, so excited because we have a professional and outdoor extraordinaire and people person and just one of the most passionate people I've ever met, Zach Hazlett. Hey, y'all. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Nat. Yeah, so Zach is from Moab, Utah. He loves all things food, cooking. Being from Moab, he's an outdoor extraordinaire, and his family owns a river rafting company. He's a big reader, and he's working on two books. Zach, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, I mean, <laughs> you covered it pretty briefly right there, but I, I love people. I love the outdoors. I love combining the two. I think that's really my big passion as of late is um, helping people to get outside and interact together to experience things that, that help you connect. Um, I grew up river rafting, so I saw a lot of connection happen by families and people that came on river trips. And then that led me to, like you said, professional. I think that's kind of a strong word, but <laughs> I guess I did go to school for it and I work as a therapist. So that led me to helping people with their mental health and with their lives through the outdoors and through nature and, and using those, I guess, natural resources to help people. So that's, oh. that's a little bit more about me. Well, Zach is amazing. I feel like every conversation I've ever had with him is like, one of these podcast interviews just because everything he says is so profound he's so passionate and he's so smart and he's worked so hard and now he's a therapist and helping people and so we're going to pick his brain today learn more about his passions why he got there stories that have impacted his life and before we do that I want everyone to get to know him a little bit better so we're going to ask him what is the bravest thing you've ever done or one of the bravest things you've ever done in your life what is the bravest thing or one of the bravest things? Um, yeah, no, in thinking about this, I, I thought of a, a, an experience when I was younger. I was in seventh grade. My brother was in eighth grade. And I was on the basketball team. He was not. Uh, and I was on the basketball team with the, the eighth graders. Like it was the, the middle school team. But And they were kind of, some of the teammates, my teammates were kind of bullies to my brother. And it was really hard for me to see that. And I didn't know how much it affected him until one day after school, I saw him struggling and emotionally and, and crying to my mom about how he had these people that were bullying him. And she said, who? And he said, Zach's teammates. Um, and that like, that wrecked me. And I say this is the bravest thing because it was really, really hard for me to stand up to those teammates because they were my teammates and they were older than me. And they were mm. people that I, you know, was trying to fit in with and trying to, to be friends with. And I was able to eventually muster up the courage with help from my mom and from my coach and, and kind of called them out on that and tell them that wasn't okay. And if they wanted me to be on their team, like they had to change some things and they listened and they did stop bullying my brother and wow. it made things a lot better for him. And that was kind of a pivotal moment in my life, actually, since we're on that topic mm -hmm. of being brave and, and, seeing what that did and what I was able to do with my braveness, I guess, and wanting mm. to use that to help other people, not just my brother. So that was wow. a beginning of realizing what I'm able to do and how I'm able to help people for good um, with my talents and my gifts. Wow. So that passion started in your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. definitely. And I mean, even before that, I, I just loved people, but that was yeah. a big, a big moment where I realized helping others yeah, yeah. Exactly. and just by using our voice I think that is such a powerful example thank you for sharing 
Um, how many Thanks. people are in, in your family? Uh, seven kids. Seven total, kids. Uh, and then my parents. So there's nine of us and, and then in-laws and stuff. You're number what of the seven? Three. Three so, of seven. Wow. I was the middle. Mi- middle of five for a while. And then my mom had two younger or two little sisters that are a bit younger than the rest of us. Fun. And you grew up river rafting with your family's company and your river raft guide. Yes. Yes, I am oh, that's so cool. rat. Oh, yeah, that's his Instagram. It'll be in the show notes, too, so you can go follow along. Zach is fun. And like you said, he's also passionate about, like, cooking and is always posting fun things he's cooking and fun things he's doing. I'm excited we'll get to hear some, like, river rafting stories later on in this episode. Um, but you got a glimpse of what Zach is passionate about, and he's passionate in helping others through hard times and just being able to be there for people And I think that is so powerful. So before we dive deeper into that, um, while we were talking about the river, you and I had talked previously and you mentioned you want to write a book one day. (laughs) Tell us about that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm, it's one of those things I feel like anyone who likes writing at all is like has a couple book ideas or books started. So I have two books started. Nice. There are more ideas than they are even started. Some notes, some like one chapter, but um, the one that we briefly talked about was called The River That Raised Me because I've, I've learned a lot of life lessons both in the experiences that I've had and in the people that I've met. So experiences, just me and the river, um, analogies of the currents and the bends in the river and going with the flow and any number, there's a billion analogies. I love those metaphors, then, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? And then like the the people that I've met, I've met some amazing people along the way that have brought their families down or have come down individually. I've met like high school kids. We were talking before about this trip I just did with Aspen High School and some of the conversations we had were so deep mm. and just really cool stuff. So I'm, I'm excited about that, working on that slowly when I- The river that raised me. Have time. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I do love writing and I'm nowhere near- your level but I like to think about ideas and what I could what I could write about and and how I could be the next JK Rowling I don't know that's just an aspiring (laughs) far out dream I'm so excited for you that's awesome maybe I'll do a compilation of all these things I'm learning through this podcast um (laughs) so now we'll jump into going deeper into your passions we'll start with helping people and and how that like you shared that story with your brother and how you used your voice and was you were brave to stand up for him. And then that kind of has been a pattern in your life and led you to going to grad school and becoming a therapist. Let's learn a little bit more about that journey for you and how that passion developed. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, people definitely ask, like, did you always want to be a therapist? And the answer to that is definitely no. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know really what that was growing up and when I started college also didn't but like I said I've always loved helping people and I think that going way back that comes from my need and desire to be helped um, and moments in my life where I felt like I wanted or needed help and sometimes didn't feel like I had people there and it wasn't because of my family wasn't there for me or anything like that more just we as, as people sometimes are independent and want to do things on our own. Like we try really hard to just not be a burden on people. And I really, mm. especially as a middle, middle child, like that's a pretty classic middle child thing yeah. where 
you are the mediator you are the peacemaker you want to like make everyone happy mm. and so I didn't want to put my struggles on other people and so what I did is I I wanted to be the person that I wish I had or like be that friend or that that help mm. that I wish I had um and the person to listen and, and be there and I remember in high school it was my my senior year um, my friend and I, we were both in student government, like student council stuff. Mm-hmm. And we decided, we're like, hey, let's make a goal to memorize everyone's name in the whole school. And it's a small school in Ma. There's like 450 kids. So it's doable. It's not like this giant 500 kids in every graduating class or whatever. Um, but we went to the yearbooks, the previous yearbooks, and made sure the people we didn't know, we got to know them. And from there, it just became so meaningful. So like, there's so much power in people's names and then like saying instead of saying hey how are you saying hey natalie good to see you so you like that when people hear their name they feel seen they feel validated they feel like understood um and so that was my reasoning is i'm like i want to be able to look at people and smile at them and say their name and ask how they're doing and know things about their life because that shows that they are they are seen in a world where we feel like we can slip you know between the cracks and and kind of be put in the background a little bit it, it's really powerful. So we oh, made that I goal. love that. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, like I said, it's happened for me. People have been that for me. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to be that for other people. And yeah. there was this girl I remember very vividly. This was kind of an, another, we talked about pivotal moments. This was another pivotal moment in my life where I saw this girl who the classic bumps into somebody in the hall, drops her books, is struggling to pick them up. And I stopped to talk to her. Um, I knew her name and she had no idea. She was a freshman, like had no idea how I would have known her name. Like hmm. there, there's, there was no reason why I should know her name that she could think of and asked how she was doing, how the first you know week of school has been going. Um, she seemed like she was a little bit frazzled and I could tell that uh, freshman year it's tough. Like you're pretty anxious. And then now all of a sudden you're like talking to this senior boy, you know, like I'm, I'm sure it was a little bit intimidating. Um, wow. And I helped her pick up her books, wished her well, said, like, hope to see you, you know, in the halls again. And she moved forward, right? And later on, I get a message on Facebook, because that's what that was the thing back in the day. Um, from her, a friend requested a message. And she had told me that that day she was running through in her head. I'm gonna get really emotional here. Um, she was contemplating taking her life and that me stopping to say hi to her and help her and just talking to her and taking the time to do that helped her to feel like her life mattered and that she was important. Um, and not many people know that story, uh, but I think it's really important to share that because it changed everything about how I see people. Um, and it made me realize that everyone has these battles that they're fighting and we have no idea what's going on. And if we can just be kind and, and show kindness and see them, we don't have to know everything. We don't have to, we don't even have to have answers. We don't have to help them. We just have to see them and show them that we are someone who sees you and that cares. Mm-hmm. And from, from that, that time on, um, yeah, my, my perspective changed. And I was like, wow, I really love helping people. And then fast forward a year, I was applying for colleges or I guess a couple months I was applying for colleges really wanted to go to BYU but didn't think I'd get in I didn't have like the best grades and I just made this like promise with God I was like all right if I get in I promise I will do
do my very best to help people there. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting in. And then when I got here, I was struggling to feel like I was capable academically because there's so many smart people at BYU. And I felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't as smart as anyone. And then Join I just the made club. the resolve, you know? Yeah, I know. BYU is hard. I was like, <laughs> I was like if, it's, if anything, okay, my purpose, maybe it's not to be the straight A student, the perfect student, whatever. But I will try every day to make people's experience better, make people's lives better. And I got a lot of satisfaction and joy from that. But I I like to think that I helped impact people's lives for the better in their experience where school is hard and they're struggling. And so if I could be somebody who, like I said, could could say their name and and say hi in a day where they were stressed with finals or whatever, then that's a win. So and that, that. that just led me. And then fast forward past that there's a lot that goes into like why I became a therapist, but seeing families and stuff on the river that I took as a guide and then my experiences with people and being a friend that oftentimes people would reach out to just to talk. I was like, man, there's gotta be, I want to learn more how I can help people. And through some Mm -hmm. mentors and people that I ended up meeting and TAing for um, a professor of mine, Lauren Barnes, she's like one of my, my good friends now. And, and I took a class from her and have like TAed and helped her. She, was like, you should be a therapist. You would be a great therapist. There's a huge need for people who care as much as you and mm. that that want to help people. And I think a lot of people could benefit from that. So she kind of talked me into it. And then my mom also went back to school to be a therapist a little bit wow. before I did. So cool. it was kind of on our minds. But so that was the, the, sh- the shortish version of how, helping how people. I became a therapist. Yeah, helping and people. Helping people in any way, but especially helping people feel seen and valued and special I think that goes a long way like even when someone at church that I don't know like there's this cute girl in my ward that we had only met like a few times but she is so good at like every time she sees me she's like hi Natalie and gives me a big hug and like is so sweet and it it just makes me feel like she really does care versus other people who you've seen a thousand times and still don't know their name you know like yeah like in a sense, like those people, you can just tell that they want to care. It's not that they're trying too hard, but it's just like a genuine care. And I love that. And knowing you, and I know that all your friends that I'm friends with that know you, all of our circles would say the same about you. You live that and you're so good at that. So thank you for for following that path and living your journey that way, I think. You've done so much good, and you'll continue to do so much good. Um, I'm curious, what was your undergrad? Um, I had five different declared majors in undergrad. And eventually, <laughs> eventually landed on, this is part of my journey of figuring out what I want to do and what, what my purpose is most, will be most fulfilled in doing. Yeah. And at first, I thought a doctor, so I, the classic, did pre-med stuff, went on a mission, came back, then business, then linguistics and PR and like all this stuff and landed in family studies because it was the, I had the most classes done and it would be the fastest to graduate and, and my plan going was on to the just, next thing yeah well my plan was just to graduate and run my family's rafting company and that was it but in my one of my classes that's where I met Lauren and that's where she kind of steered me towards doing a master's program in marriage and family therapy and I applied and went for it there so yeah family yeah. studies human development and your marriage and family degree was through BYU as well, right? Yeah. And you graduated. Yes. Woohoo! And working full time as a therapist, or part time on the I work river. 
I do. Yeah, I do. Well, Get Outside Together is the business that I started to help create experiences for couples and people to come oh, down yes. and, yes. I know and this. do things. Yeah. And so that's, that's my, that's my focus now. I, I obviously like enjoy therapy and, but I, I wanted to learn the skills more mm-hmm. in grad school and then be able to utilize it in the way like that's a, unique to me. A couples therapy trip. Yeah. My yep. parents have yeah, done exactly. like couples candy nearing trips and it's just fun, but you also are working on your relationship. Even if there's not something to be fixed, you're just building a deeper relationship relationship yeah. writing letters to each other i don't know i think that's so cool i yeah, still need to go on one fun. of your river rafting trips that's on my bucket list bring some friends down come on down <laughs> so if you're listening reach out to me and we'll get this set up <laughs> so in helping people what helps you like i feel like i'm also a people person and i I do my best to try to see others and the older I've gotten the more I've reflected on on where that that extrovert comes from from me and sometimes it's been like oh I like when I have attention and people see me and I know people and can talk to anyone but as I've gotten older it's become more of how can I look outward and not put any attention on me what helps you do that um that's I mean that's a definitely a battle that I go back and forth in my head. I'm like, am I doing this because I actually care or am I doing this for me? Because we as humans, like we, we crave validation. Yeah, totally. And like I say, a lot of what I became was driven by my desire and want for that same thing that I'm giving. Right. Um, And so I think really it's just reminding myself of the, the why behind what I'm doing. Like, what is this purpose? Like, I mean, the Simon Sinek classic thing Mm -hmm. where what is, what is your why? And, my why is uh, my time here on earth. Like I'm going to help people smile. Like I'm going to help people enjoy this as much as they can. And whatever way I'm able to, if that's giving them a fun experience on the river, great. If that's giving them a good, meaningful conversation, great. If that's being dumb and funny and making people laugh, great. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I'm going to give of what I've been able to have and I've been blessed with to other people because that's what I feel like life is all about. And that's what I feel like my purpose is. Yeah, and in, in to answer, to answer, I guess, m- m- the deeper part of your question of how do you keep that focus on others and mm-hmm. not on yourself is I, I said, that was kind of the struggle is there's moments where we all do things because we are trying to get that validation. And I think really, mm-hmm learning to love yourself. Uh, I was talking to a friend recently about confidence. Like what is confidence and mm-hmm. what is self-confidence? Yeah. Self-confidence and love and confidence in your, like you and your abilities and you as a person comes from loving yourself. And that doesn't mean just like, oh, I love myself and I'm going to tell myself that. It's embracing yourself in your flaws because we all have friends where we see them and their flaws and we love them and we look past those flaws. Mm-hmm. But when we look at ourselves we criticize and we focus and dwell on the things we're not good at. Oh, yeah. And then that puts us in a place where we're not confident. Mm-hmm. And so I've been really working hard on loving parts of myself that are not perfect and that are, I guess, mistakes that I make and things that I do or say that aren't helpful necessarily. Mm-hmm. Giving myself space to, to be that yeah. makes it so that I can focus more on the outward. I guess that's that's kind of where I was going with that. I love that. As you were sharing that, I thought of just like, I've 
had a therapist at times and I actually need to schedule my therapy (laughs) appointment. But something that we always talk about is just becoming more self-aware and how that can help you like better understand yourself and taking those moments to pause and reflect on what are you thinking and what are you feeling. And then for me, as I get older, I'm learning about life and there's I'm making more mistakes and sometimes the mistakes keep happening and I'm trying to navigate okay how do I change and change those habits into better habits and something that my therapist and I were talking about is is giving yourself that grace and recognizing that we aren't perfect and it's okay to make mistake and sometimes it's okay to make that mistake a hundred times until we start to figure out how to change that mistake But the more I see my weaknesses, the more I'm willing to accept others' weaknesses and and recognize like, oh, like I I dated a guy and he kind of would point out some things that I could work on for better or for worse. (laughs) Um, But as I've reflected on that relationship and what that that how that affected the both of us, I've realized like those things that he was pointing out to me were like so true and that I really needed to step outside and view it from another perspective. Um, I'm reading a book right now and it's it, it talks about this concept of getting out of the box. It's a leadership and self-deception book. Have you read it, Zach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by a good old Arbinger Institute, Arbinger. Yes, too. yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm in great, the middle of that book. book right now. And I, I feel like it's reminding me of of the conversations I had when I was dating this guy just – how we need to see the corners that we put ourselves into because we can be so blindsided. But as we start to recognize where we stand and viewing others outside of this box and viewing people as people and like knowing their names, even if you don't have that close of a relationship with like your coworkers or someone just knowing their name and a few facts about them really makes a difference on, on how you view them and treat them and how you treat yourself. Oh, I love that. Sorry, I'm kind of rambling. But no, I love I love thinking about looking outward because I um we're members of the Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints and so we try to be like Jesus and he was always looking outward and and finding those people that needed that extra friend or who just needed just that extra acknowledgement that they're there and they're alive and they're doing a good job and I don't know, life is hard. And that's something you wrote about in the form to be on this podcast. You're like, we're all going through a lot. So if we can find ways to help people smile throughout, then it just makes everyone's lives better because you feel better when you do it and then they're better because of it. So that kind of leads to the second part of your passion is, is making people smile. And I love that you said that you can do that in so many different ways. Like for you, you can take people on a Moab trip and make them laugh or tell them funny stories or make like tell jokes but also just saying their name and showing that you care puts a smile on people's faces do you have a moment in mind of making someone smile that you love um yeah i mean i can think of a lot mm-hmm. of moments Good. one that, the one that came to mind that i thought of when you said like taking them to moab i did this thing or did all through my undergrad and, and grad school where I would plan trips to Moab and I would invite random groups of friends that don't know each other. And we'd do this massive trip, you know, sometimes there was 50, 60 people that would come and we'd stay at my house and go on hikes and cook food all together. It was kind of chaotic, but really fun. Mm -hmm. And 
I just remember like very vividly one of the experiences. I had some friends that came down who, one of them in particular had been through a pretty hard time in life and she was struggling with some things and really just needed a break and was not super excited to go down with a billion people. But I was like, you know, yeah, come on, come on down. And in doing that, she ended up meeting some other friends who I had invited that were struggling too with, you know, similar things or different things, but also kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. And they all became such good friends from that trip. And to this day, like have lived together and then some have gotten married. They are all working and doing things and all the trips and things they do like are all together. And I just like to think that a bit of what I was able to do there helped them create so many relationships and memories and, and smiles that mm-hmm. are continuing throughout. And like, I really didn't do anything. Like, I'm, I don't want to take credit. You invited. Where credit isn't deserved, but I invited and yeah. I facilitated. Like, I gave them this opportunity. Yeah. And so I just, I just think of that of like mm-hmm. creating and the, and ultimately what it was, was Moab is this magical place. Um, mm-hmm. And for those that have, maybe people on here have, have been to Moab either with their family or with me, but you let your guard down and you can just kind of be yourself because you're outside and you're on vacation or you're just, there's no expectations that of things you have to be or, or do. And so you see a very organic, real side of people and my house, especially my family's done a good job at making it this very safe place where people can come and it's a refuge and yeah. everyone that stays there just, I mean, walking into our, our like movie room and seeing 20 people in there <laughs> all hanging out a couple different groups and one group's over here having deep, deep conversation. The other's over here playing charades or some random thing, but everybody's mm-hmm. creating meaning together and, and connecting emotionally. And it's mm-hmm. just so cool. Yeah. Those connections really are what get us through life and we need support circles and we need people in our corners and people looking out for us even if it is a random person like for people listening like a way you can help people and make people smile is just learning one name like at church or wherever you go with a social gathering like but like maybe singling out someone to focus on and and get to know them just to be able to have that one more drop of water into the ocean you know and and help it be a chain reaction and and they can be like, oh, that person smiled at me and was so kind to me. I want to try to do that for this person. And like like that girl I shared the example of at church who always says, hi, Natalie, like, how's it going? And gives me a hug and is so sweet. Like, now I want to be like her to other people. And I'm working on that fine line of, okay, I'm doing this because I want them to feel better, not because I want people to see me as this person who's good at reaching out to other people, you know? Like, I'm trying to get away that ego side of things but I've also been trying to study about confidence too right like I feel like true confidence is where you don't need to say anything about yourself and that's when you can truly like focus on others and the things you do say are more profound because you're not talking as much being a like coming like my whole life I've been a talker and I feel like sometimes the things I say are less profound versus people who are quieter and then when they speak up you're like whoa like mind blown so that's like one of my life goals but I think there's little things we can do to get to where we want to be. So I love that you shared just learning people's names and starting there. What would you say are some other things you can do to help help people and make people smile? Um, like listen. Really, listen. Ooh. I think listen. I think we live in a world 
so I, I work mostly with couples as, as a therapist and the classic like you're not listening to me if i had a dollar for every time i've heard that line in a session um i don't have, I have a lot of dollars but mm-hmm. people talk and we hear but we don't listen so like it's going in but we don't actually try to understand them and i have there's this like idea like what does understand mean and like i like to break the word yeah. down to separate it under and stand so like we are literally standing underneath and supporting what they are feeling like by understanding we're getting to a place where we take on what they feel and we feel the weight of it we feel you know the emotion and the struggle and what they're going through and we just stand there and we support that is all we are doing and listening to understand is is something that we don't naturally learn Mm. like it's it's we we are from the time we're little we're asking for things and we are you know, needing our parents. And then as we go on, we're in school, we have like this power dynamic of teachers that are, you know, telling us things and we're learning it, but we're not trying to like actively understand why the teacher is teaching these things or like what's going on for them. You know, like we're just not constructed to be good listeners unless Mm. we learn it. So my, I guess, advice or thing that I always try and talk to people about is learn like if you have any skill that you can learn that will better your quality of life it is how to listen well i love that i listen listen to understand yeah listen to understand i have a lot of thoughts on that one is this is something i probably will struggle with my whole life but i want to be a better listener and i feel like i've come a long way like on my mission i was trying to study how to be a better listener and and some of that is just staying silent you know like sometimes people talk and your mind just already is jumping to like, oh, that made me think of this and I want to share this about me and this. But like like reflective listening is when as they're talking, you're like repeating what they say in your head so your mind is focused on what they're saying. I've also yeah, done an exactly. exercise where you are in a conversation with a person and they're telling you a story and you don't say anything. You just nod and use your body language. And like even if they like kind of like waiting for you to say something, you just still like just sit, smile, and nod. And then they'll just kind of fill in the gaps and keep talking and that is a way you can get deeper and have people open up to you and and when someone can allow you to open up like for me I love when people ask those deep questions that get me to open up and self-reflect and so I want to do that to others and listening's the first first step yeah exactly there's this phrase that I sometimes will use in therapy of when people are like, well, how do I do that? Like, what, what can I do to be a better listener? Like, I'm trying. I feel like I'm trying. One of the big things is, are we trying to help them or are we trying to hear them, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I use that because it's the H and the H, right? Um, because some people want help. Some people, when they're talking to you, they want you to help them by giving them answers or solutions or whatever. But most often, more often than not, they just want you to hear mm-hmm. and listen, right? And so just going into it like that of like, okay, what does this person need? What does it seem like they need right now? If they're asking you a question, that's like, oh, I've got this interesting situation at work and like, I just don't really know exactly what to do. And I'm wondering like, what, you know, what, what would you do or what do you think? Then obviously that's like a <laughs> situation where you're going to give your feedback a little bit. Right. But if they're just like, if they're just like, man, work is sucks and it's really hard. And there's this person that I struggle with or this or that just saying, I'm, I'm sorry that work has been tough. 
you know, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me validation. more validation. Yeah, validation. Oh, and being, being so, and so important. Here, oh yes, I love yeah. this. I went through this little like life coaching class a while back, and we were talking about that too. And you know, there's the classic video on YouTube: the the woman with the nail in her forehead. And the husband yeah. like wants to just fix it, <laughs> but all she wants is just to be listened to. Or like sometimes when we are hurting and in pain, like we don't want we don't want it to be fixed. We need people who will sit in that pain with us, and yeah. and and like you said, just be like, oh yeah, that that would be really hard. Like I've had people do this to me, like those life coaches. I would call them when when I was like stressed and going through situations either with my mom or with my sister just dealing with relationships we have great relationships but there's times where it's it's really hard for me so I've worked on it and like just by calling them and having them like talk me through like seeing it in a new perspective like me and my sister got in a little bit of an argument and I immediately was like here like I'm gonna call you back and so I like hung up with her called my life coach and I was just like this just happened. What do I do? How do I handle this? And and she walked me through it. I called my sister back. And like, by like the first thing I said, my sister was like, you just called your coach, right? Like my sister knew immediately the the vibe had changed because I was in a new mindset of how to handle this, this difficult situation. And I feel like it takes so much practice, but the more we talk about it, the more people will learn about it and try to start implementing it into their lives. Yep. Empathy. Empathy is one. I mean, if you guys listening want to look up something that's just like a good quick little message, Empathy by Brene Brown. It's a little oh. YouTube video. That's an animated one. And it's awesome where it just empathy is not sympathy. Sympathy is different. Sympathy is like, oh, that's hard. Empathy is like, man, that is so hard. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. Yeah. You know, it's sympathy is like at least that's hard, but at least like you, you know, you try and give them a silver lining of mm. things. She says silver lining it, um, where it's like, at least you have a relationship, you know, when they're talking about how hard their relationship is, you're trying to like find the good in it. That's not empathy. Empathy is getting down there into the emotion with them and understanding, standing under what they're feeling. Right. Yeah. And, and really just being present with them. So work on that everyone if everyone can be more empathetic and listen better life and the world would be a much better place and just that little bit of validation like I think about I've tried to better my relationship with my mom and it it has its ups and downs but as you were talking about like people just want to be heard like every time I talk to my mom I'm like I don't want your opinion just listen to me (laughs) you know like I think parents just naturally want to give and teach you and everything they say is because they love you whereas for me I'm like I'm 26 years old I don't need you telling me your opinion on this and this and this like I'm already I already know that you know and and then I need to realize I need to take a step back and humble myself and my mom sent me a text on Sunday and she was just like I just read this talk and it was it was about how like in Proverbs, like to receive correction from a parent or from God is because they love us. And like Peter, um, Jesus' apostle, like received many corrections from the Savior and it's because he loved him so much and knew he was going to like take over and he wanted the best for him. So my mom was like, can you off- Can you consider when I offer you correction, it's because of my great love for you. And just even her just saying that reminded me that I needed I need to humble myself, but also just like, oh no, why am I getting emotional? <laughs> Um, 
but also just like just uh, like talking about what the problem could be or like why we don't get along when we talk sometimes you know and just understanding where the other's coming from and with that something I've learned is is to actually understand like you were saying and defining is like when someone's talking we automatically put in our perceptions of what we believe words to mean right the meaning of words so like someone could say I don't know I can't think of an example right now but instead of assuming that you understand what they're saying you just dive a little deeper and be like what do you mean by this and then choose something that they said and then they'll dive deeper and that will get you to a really true understanding so like I've been trying to get more curious when me and my mom talk and and instead of being standoffish and being like I don't want to hear that like I, I can make up my own mind or I can do this or that you know like just getting curious about where my mom's coming from and why she's sharing what she's sharing because it is out of love. Yeah. Uh, We could do, we could do several more podcast episodes of just talking about empathy and understanding. It, it goes a long way and honestly makes all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, do you have any thoughts just before we jump into the next thing I want to talk about? I like I said, we could we could talk forever about it, but yeah, I I think that was yeah, good enough. Yeah, so we have a few more minutes, and we'll we'll just kind of talk about our takeaways. And a quote Zach wanted to share is by Abe Lincoln, and it says, "I do not like that man. I must get to know him better." And I think that just goes to show that as we try to help people and see and understand people, the more able we are to love others yeah yeah a little like backstory on that yeah just just quickly is that came at a time where I was having a hard time with people the reason it became my quote is like there were people that in my life you know we we had contention or I was struggling to understand like what why they would say or do those things or say things about me or whatever you know maybe and it was it was impacting me a lot and what I came to realize is that what was happening for them was these struggles that they were having in their life were causing them to lash out and, and react in ways and do things and say things that weren't because they felt ill, you know, feelings towards me, but it really was their, their coping mechanism, their way of handling stress. And while I would Mm. say like, yeah, it's probably not the best way, you know, there's healthier ways to manage your stress and cope when there's people that do things that we don't like or that hurt us or offend us almost always. In fact, I would even say always there's a reason behind what's happening that doesn't pertain to you. That is not Mm, you. It is something happening in their life that's causing them to be that way, whether it was trauma or childhood experiences or, Mm. you know, life stresses and something at work or something in their relationship with their partner, whatever it may be it was then putting them in a place where they responded to you or said something about you or to you that hurt you. So Mm. if we look past all that, we can see, I do not like that man. I must get to know him better. When we get to know people better, we can't not like them. You know what I mean? Like we can not like what they do, but them to the core as like a child of God, as a fellow human being, we can love them even though they do things that we don't like. Mm, that is so beautiful thank you 
I think just as we've talked, my takeaway that I hope um, people know about from this episode is is to just think about how caring about others can better your life. And just, I want people to just think about this passion that Zach has and that I feel like I have too, just with people. And I feel like every person has this passion, but I want others, I want everyone listening to think about how to ignite that passion and and invite more love and care into their lives through helping others smile. So that's my takeaway, Zach. Thanks for sharing your takeaways. We, we got to have you on again, though, because I feel like there's so much you can share and offer with your I life experiences. Fun stories, and, for sure. And I can't wait for your book in the future, too. That'll be amazing. But thank you again for coming on. And we'll definitely have you back on, too, because we love your stories. So, yeah. Okay. Any last words? Appreciate having Yeah, me. this is great. Um, I, I guess my final words kind of going along with that we don't understand what's going on for other people but guys it's so much easier to be nice to people it's so much easier to be kind and to forgive and let go of things than it is to hold on to grudges and be angry like psychologically scientifically like in the research and everything it honestly your your quality of life increases as you learn to be kind and to let go of things and that's that's my final thought because i think that is an invitation to everyone to forgive and to seek to understand and try to let go of some of those things that we've been holding on to and to forgive ourselves mm. also for things that we do wrong. I think we're, we're actually, for the most part, people are pretty good at forgiving other people, mm-hmm. but we're really bad at forgiving ourselves and mm-hmm. letting grace take care of things in our own life. And so giving space to be kind to yourself and to kind to others is, is huge and laughing and smiling is so much better than than being angry amen 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 thank you again i I echo everything and i'll post all these quotes that you've shared with us and (laughs) quote you and thanks again and everyone will talk to you next week thanks for having me see you guys